This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Back for another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are very excited for this special beer episode, a long time in the making. What are we doing this week, Dad? We're doing Fremont Brewing. Marie is still here. It's <laughs> been around for a those, long time. She brought those beers all the way from Seattle. Yeah, so I'm really, really looking forward to it. I'm that. really excited. We're going to be highlighting Fremont Brewing, and I know Fremont Brewing is kind of hard for probably a lot of our listeners to get, but we really wanted to do this special episode with Marie, who just moved away from Seattle and brought some of the, happy to bring some of the beer with her. Because we love go, we loved going there when she was living there. So it's going to be a pretty cool episode. Um, we're going to be you sneak in the back door and steal it. No, I actually walked out the front door with oh, quite okay. a lot. All right. <laughs> cool. We're friends there. All I miss right. them dearly. Yeah. So uh, we're going to be doing three beers and a couple different foods for each of them. I'm going to be doing the fest beer or their Oktoberfest beer. Marie, what are you going to be doing? I'm going to be doing the field deferment. It's a fresh hop. Yeah, it's going to be fun to talk about something special coming out of the Northwest. And Dad, what are you doing? I'm doing Black is Beautiful Imperial Stout. What about your side, Josh? That'll be fun. Yeah, so I've kind of got my German board again. I've got some big soft pretzels with some queso. I have a beer and cheddar brat. And then for a little special, because Marie doesn't eat a whole lot of meat, she eats a lot of seafood, I did a seared scallop. Basted with butter, garlic, and blood oranges. Marie, what about you? What you? What are good. we snacking on? Yeah, so I brought some brewery favorites. Also, as Josh mentioned, I don't eat a lot of meat. So I have a little accoutrement tray that has uh, white cheddar, some sliced apples, some pretzel chips, and some hummus. They all, well, they all go well together. They all go separately with the beer. So it's what you would get at the brewery non-COVID times. They have apples, they have pretzels, and then uh, I always love cheese and hummus. All right. All right, Dad, what about you? So I have a side of pork, sliced uh, thin for each of us, and then I did a Kentucky hot brown based on somebody's request. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dad, the pork, is it a pork loin, pork chop? What is it? It's a pork loin. Okay, great. All right, well, uh, let's, before we get into it, we're going to talk about the blind from last week. It was a wine week, and so I blinded it, and I thought it was... Morgan from the a well a gamay from the Bo- Beaujolais region from the subregion of Morgan. Dad, what was it? It was a Alsace Pinot Noir, 2016, Lyon. Uh, another Bayer. place where global warming has helped them add some new grapes to it. So an Alsatian Pinot Noir, and it was a little colder, and that might have been the what what got you down on it. Yeah, but it was a really good wine. Um, I mean, I love Alsace so. It's hard to find any good wine like that, but all right, well, let's get into the beers. All right, let's go. All right, so let's uh, let's get into these beers. So we're going to start with the Fest beer in mind. So once again, this Fest beer, it is Fremont's take on an Oktoberfest, and kind of do looking it up, it is a lager, so it's going to be that low, kind of slower ferment, but it, it kind of, it's really, really light. It's kind of a... Yeah, uh, kind of a rich straw in color. Pretty, you know, not 100% clear. Uh, there's a little bit of haze in there, but I think it's just kind of more of the style of beer rather than can't, a lack of fermenting. I can't quite read through it. It's, it's almost thin enough. Yeah. yeah. It smells really light, kind of, uh, I guess it's kind of like tropical fruit. 
kind of like some banana which kind of makes me think it's more of a pilsner style. Yeah. It may have that yeast that uh, kind of gives you the banana flavor. Honestly, yeah, and that's traditional as well. Yeah, because that's traditionally in a like a Vienna style lager or a pilsner. Right. Tastes uh, really good. So once again with our snacks, we have some beer and cheddar brat. We've got some big soft pretzels with some cheese dip, and then they've got uh, Marie and Dad have a scallop to go with it. So I would suggest starting with the pretzel. Yeah, because <laughs> that I mean, makes sense. Pretzels and just German beer, fantastic. What else uh, did you get on the nose besides bananas, Josh? That was kind of the main thing I got, as well as some kind of like breadiness. There's not really much bitter on the hopping. Oh. Or anything to go with it. Kind of when I was looking this up, you know, this runs 4.6%, so it's a light, easy drinker. You know, this would be a fantastic Bud Light killer um, if, they, <laughs> if they did it year-round. It's only 39 IBUs. Okay. So it's not going to have a whole lot on it. Um, they say that this is kind of a blend between a Bavarian Pilsner style and a Vienna a Vienna lager. So Vienna lagers are going to have kind of more of that rich maltiness. That Pilsner is going to be on that a lot of the lighter side. And then they've got some good, let's see, the prairie and sapphire hops that go along with it. Got some good sweetness going on. I got to say, the fav- my favorite part about this beer is the can. It is oh, a gorgeous. beautiful, like, Oktoberfest-inspired uh, can. Highly recommend listeners to go look up the can just because I think it's beautiful. Yeah, it's on Instagram. They do a lot of really good designs at the brewery. Um, I'm always impressed by their cans. Yeah. Very much so. So we got some pretzels going on with it. So like we kind of talked about, this brewery kind of holds a special place in in our heart when it comes to Seattle. Because Marie, you you moved to Seattle in what two thousand thirteen? I moved it? back in two thousand fifteen mm. in De- December fourteen, January fifteen. But I had lived there before. Mm-hmm. Back in 2006 to 2010-ish. And I was looking for an apartment. (laughs) Knew I wanted to be in Fremont. It's a super fun, hip, kooky kind of area within the city. Yeah. Close to the northern part of Lake Union. And I looked at an apartment. I was like, all right, that wasn't bad. Let me stop for a beer. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Looking around, it's like, oh, hey, look, there's a brewery. Yeah, I literally had, like, just looked at the apartment. It was probably 11 o'clock on, like, a Wednesday morning or something. So nobody else was there. Yeah. Walked in, a just chill atmosphere. They've got a fireplace. They've got booths. Really great people working there. Like, All right, I'll, I'll stop and have a beer. It's kind of a cold day. I don't have an appointment again for another hour or so. Right. Cancel all other appointments. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just stay here. Can I move into the brewery? No. Okay, I'll take the apartment just yeah. down the street. <laughs> so at that point, did they have their big kind of patio beer garden, beer garden yeah, space? Yeah, so... The brewery started in 2009 uh, while I was, I guess I was around, but I hadn't heard of them before. And then they started in the same location, but very much smaller. They had just a portion of the large building that they have today. Right. When I moved there, they did have, they had just expanded and taken over the entire building, I think. And, And they have a big old patio with long tables and... Now there's a lot of tent coverage now yeah. for COVID reasons. Uh, there's a lot of rain in Seattle, so uh, it's and nice I mean, to have it a tent. Looks, it looks out onto, is that Lake Union? Yeah, out there? Lake so Union. It, look, it looks out onto Lake Union. You can see, like, it's a gorgeous, it's a, just a gorgeous space, but. You can see downtown. See, see the bridge. Yeah. Right. right. Can't see the troll, though. Cannot see the troll. Your, your back head. is to the troll. You gotta be careful. 
But yeah, so uh, what are you two guys tasting as we're tasting through the beer? I like the salt counter to this. I think mm-hmm. the salt on the pretzels really kind of helps the beer taste crisper. Yeah, I agree open. with that. That opens it up. Sort of you to- stole what I was going to say, Maria. Sorry, Dad. And I think well, the, you might have said it better. But well, the pretzel with cheese also brings out some good flavor. Yeah, that breadiness of the pretzel. and it, I mean, this is a good old school soft style pretzel big i mean you'll see on the instagram post you know it's about as big as my hand and uh, it's from a local local place in town called flying saucer they do lots of really good food but their pretzels are are really good but that breadiness really kind of brings out some more of the to me a little bit more of the malty flavors in the beer than are there just initially because it's really i mean it's really good i mean i like a beer it's a little bit lighter of a oktoberfest than i like but it's good to kind of yeah the, be an the, all day drinking beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could use this as a lawnmower drinking beer. Bud Light Killer. <laughs> so the, what about the, the proteins? I was gonna say the scallop kind of brings brings out some minerality or earthiness uh, to the to the beer in my in my mouth. Yeah, I mean, so I tried to you know douse a lot of it. You know, I I basted it with butter that had garlic mm-hmm. and um, blood orange zest in it. Because scallops don't have a whole lot of fat to them. I had yeah. a feeling that the beer would, would do really well with that kind of fatty flavors, which is why we got the brat, too. So, Marie, tell us a little bit more about the history of Fremont brewing mm-hmm. itself. Matt and Sarah, uh, really, it's, it's Matt's child. He was originally an attorney, I believe, uh, working in the food and beverage industry, and really kind of decided he wanted to stop working for other people and wanted to do something for himself. So convinced his wife, Sarah, who I've met a number of times, and she, she's really amazing, uh, to, to open a brewery. And, you know, he decided, you know, I want to do one beer really, really well and mm-hmm. see how that goes. So their first beer was the Universal Pale Ale. Okay. And it is, it's, it's a go-to for a lot of people, out-of-towners. If you don't know what that you like, great place to start is with the Universal Pale Ale. They... Let's see here. I was pulling up some other kind of stats. You know, in, in 2009, they made 300 barrels. Not a lot. Not a lot. Um, as of their 10-year anniversary, in last, just last year in 2019, they made 55,600 barrels wow. of beer. So to give you some perspective, lost 40 last, let's see, 2019, made... Slightly less than 15,000 barrels. Yeah. Right. And a barrel's 31 gallons, so that's still a lot of beer. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely a lot of yep. beer. For those of you who want to find it, a dis- distribution, obviously, in Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Montana, Colorado, California, Alaska, and just for a little international flavor, Japan. 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 Real. Yeah. I didn't know that one until I was looking up some of this information. I was like, oh, well, that's fun. So we had yeah. to drive to Colorado. <laughs> It's closest yeah, place for us, huh? Probably the closest for you guys. They're, they're also very that's sustainable. That's like the old Coors Light days. <laughs> <laughs> they're not Coors Light, but Coors Day. Coors Day. I mean, that's a little bit farther than just across the river. But. Yeah, they're also really sustainable. Um, they do a lot of renewable energy. Um, I, fun fact, they the industry standard, I guess, five gallons of water to one gallon of beer. Uh, and they, they try to exceed that in all their beers that they make, so they're not using as much water. Uh, water is a pretty precious resource. Yeah, and that water calculation is not just because if you don't kind of understand the like how brewing works, that water is not just the water that goes into the beer. That's the entire process: the cleaning, the sterilizing, yep. 
the entire the entire water that's used in the brewery. So they're trying to cut that down, which is which is really good because, like you said, you know, water can be a hot cool mo- commodity, even though it rains almost all the time in <laughs> Seattle. You're right. And you would think there's water everywhere. Yeah, but it's you know the the non salty water is yeah. harder <laughs> to come by and a bit harder to oh, make. True. So mm-hmm. well, that's real nice of me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Dad, what do you think of the uh, the scallop and the and you know, the broth? Scal- scallops are sweet to me, and so that sweetness of that scallop and the sweetness of this beer really paired well. And then my scallop got close to the pretzel, so my scallop got a little salt, and that was amazing mm-hmm. how that worked. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, both of these, Josh, are really good pairing. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we say it in the wine world all the time, what grows together goes together. And I mean, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to beat brat in a German beer or a pretzel in a German beer. And that kind of, like you said, that sweetness kind of mimics some of the sweetness that you'll find in a brat. Yeah, how's your brat with the beer? I think it's really good. You know, the sweetness and the herbs and the, because this is like a, they call it a beer cheddar brat. So you have some of that richness of the beer in there as well as the cheese that kind of go really well with with kind of the the flavor profile of the fest beer so a little bit more about this you know i said it was nine you know 4.6 39 ibus um this is only this is a limited release they release it in september i think this is the first time that they've done a fest beer too so they're kind of trying it out it's it's technically under their brewer's reserve section on their website because i was going through it i was like oh i'm I bet it's in the seasonal. And then I was like, well, no, it's not. But, you know, this is with all their other stuff. I hope they continue to make it. I don't know. Did, do you know, did it sell out or did it sell? You know, I well? don't know. I, that was kind of right at the end of my time there. So okay. I think it sold pretty well. I definitely saw a lot of people drinking it. Right. It was a fun light beer. So many of their beers are IPAs. Right. But it's always good to have something for the others that come in. <laughs> the rest of they serve it on tap as well, or yeah, or is it just all in the can? Uh, they definitely had it on tap for a little bit. Yeah, okay, yeah. Well, and I think you know this is this is kind of an IPA IPA drinker style of fest beer Oktoberfest because it's on a lighter. It's on a. It's not as malty rich. It's going to be there is some of the prevalence of the hops, so even though it's not it's not a whole lot, but it's it's a lot on the lighter side. Which, you know, is is good. And you said the ABV is four something. Four point six. Yeah. So easy drinking beer. So you drink this to cool down, and then you go ahead and go to your double and triple quadruple IPAs. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe you drink two of those before you do. <laughs> well, I mean, if it's me, I'm going to drink four of them. <laughs> the whole <laughs> but, four pack is now gone. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so speaking of the IPAs, I think we're ready to move on to the next beer we have, which is. Kind of a, a Northwest special, and I'm kind of really excited to learn a little bit more about this. Uh, Marie, why don't you go ahead and tell us what it is and also what we have pairing with it. Yeah, so I brought the Field Deferment uh, for 2020. The Field Deferment is always a fresh hop beer. It is a, a seasonal release. They only do it once, something pretty special to the Northwest, because we can get from hop to brewery very quickly. So literally the hops get picked. They are taken to the brewery, and they are used in less than 24 hours of being picked. So it's not a dry hop beer. It's just a fresh... Fresh hop so beer. So they, they pick them, bring them straight, and make the beer. Yep. So they Hops put it, are extremely fresh, though. So they put it in the boil. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Into the boil. Um, None of that rabbit pellet stuff. No, no. It's full, beautiful (laughs) beautiful flower. Yeah. Yeah. So this year it was Centennial and Sabro hop. So in previous years, they would make uh, multiple versions of the field deferment. Each version would highlight a specific hop of the year or from the growers. This year, they decided just to do one version of it. I'm guessing that was probably a kind of financial decision. These are not cheap beers to make. Right. And it's been a tough year, but they did want to make it. And so they, they chose two pretty special hops, the Centennial and the Sabro. Yeah. So, you know, what is is it like 90 some odd percent of, of the hops that are used in the United States for brewing are grown in the Pacific Northwest? Yeah, is and that, most of them in Washington, but some, some in Oregon as well. Yeah, right. outside of right. like outside of the Portland area, yeah. I know, because or Eugene, because I know Rogue, yeah. Rogue is a big hop hop person. They're one; of the, they do a lot of field deferment stuff in general, not just with their hop. They actually have a big farm where they grow the, mo- the like the barley and the wheat and stuff that they that they'll put into it. So I know, I know. Well. We don't get a whole lot of Portland beer or Oregon beer mm. here. Yeah. yeah. No. So, but I bet, and I bet if we did, we wouldn't even get the any of the fresh hop stuff because it's probably going to stay yeah, they, out they, there. They generally try not to well. ship it because it doesn't always last as well. We were actually not sure if this was going to be good for us to taste today because right. it has been out since September. Uh, so it's a bit long of a shelf life, but I did my best cold and right. take care of it. Right. And, and so we got lucky and it's still pretty good today. Well, yeah. I haven't tasted it, but it's a it's a darker straw color, would you say, from the first? The golden? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit more golden. Like Marie said, it's a little bit more golden than straw, just on the look of it. Right. And uh, under the light, it's just beautiful. I can't read through it. Wouldn't expect to. And it's hazy. It's a little right. hazy, yeah. And I think that's that dry, not dry hop, but the fresh hopping. Yeah. But I also think it's unfiltered. I don't think they, I don't think they filter it like they did, because you know I've, no, I've got some floaties in here. <laughs> you know, I, they definitely, they definitely let the yeast go. I think that's hop. a lot of the point is to have that right. freshness, and if you got a floaty, so what? Yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to filter that, filter that out, because a lot of times that filters out flavor, and that's another reason why you have to be careful with fresh hop. Or even some barrel condition stuff that's got the lees or the dead yeast in it, because that stuff can go bad yeah. really quickly. And say Budweiser just filters it well, most, over and over most, and over and over. Well, and most people most people filter that out because right. they don't they want their beer to have a little bit longer of a shelf life. Mm-hmm. Like hazy IPAs became a big thing, and that's what it was. Is it was just an IPA that's less filtered. Got a wonderful nose. Very floral from the, I think it's from that fresh hops. Yeah, generally, especially the Centennial hop, mm-hmm. I believe, has yeah. the kind of tropical, right. pineapple-y. What was the other one that's in it? Uh, it's called Sabro. I'd have to look it up because that's a new one to yeah, me. Yeah, I don't know that one either. Daniel, you're right. It's very floral. It's the sort of, sort of Hawaiian pl- tropical smells. See, I still get my, see, I still get my pine. I still get my pine tree. I don't get as much resin, like the resininess mm-hmm. that I can get with some IPAs and double IPAs or dry hopped or fresh hopped stuff. But this is definitely, as we've talked about blinding, if you blind this beer, you would definitely call this a hop forward beer. This definitely. And it's got, it's got a lot of bittering on the back end. 
Yeah, it presents itself as a, this is a hop beer. This, they say it's a 50 IBUs, which is not too hoppy. Oh, no. By any means. Well, uh, they definitely do some that are more hoppy. Yeah. For somebody like Josh, yeah. it's very hoppy. Well, and we talked about this well, yeah, a yeah. couple episodes ago when we were talking about porters. You know that the IBUs, true IBUs versus perceived IBUs. And I think this is a case where the, the bitterness is low, but the hot, like, the flavor of the hop is very, very prevalent. And I think that may be because of the fresh hop. Yeah. You know, it's, it's more fresh and vibrant and it's not, it's not, it's not providing all of the bittering that it does that you'd have to use more of and for a longer boil. Yeah. With versus using some fresh. I think, I think of it like in, in cooking terms, it's the difference between using fresh herbs and dried herbs. Oh yeah. You know, fresh herbs are going to present, more flavor with less time and less amount. And dried herbs, you gotta you gotta coax those out a little bit more. Right. So I just looked up the Sabro um, hop out of curiosity. So it came came from Yakima Chief Hop. I, the brewery works very closely with them. Yeah. Uh, and it's a it's a special new release hop, and it, they say it's notable for its complexity of fruity and citrus flavors. Okay. D- tangerine, coconut, tropical fruit, and stone oh, fruit. Oh wow. With hints of cedar, mint, and cream. Yeah, because I think this is I think that's the one that's actually giving you more of the fruit, because Centennial is also known for its pininess. Yeah, it's really known for its pininess, and it can be resiny. Um, what's the other one? Gal- a Galax. Gal- I always want to call it Galaxia, but I don't think it's right. Or Galaxia. Mm-hmm. There's a Galaxy Hop, basically. That's mm-hmm. also very very fruit forward. And you get some of those. But this is, you know, this is really good. It's, like I said, it's hop, it's lemon, it's tangerine. It's like if you threw all of those on a fresh pine skewer. <laughs> and then. What? You know me. I gotta uh, be weird with my description. So what are we pairing first, Marie? I see you snacking so, over there. I've been snacking because this is what I do when I drink beer. I would do the pretzel first. Just the pretzel or the Just, pretzel? Uh, like, I play with all of them, right? So I do... Pretzel by itself, cheese by itself, apple by itself, and then kind of go and start pairing things together. Right. So is the hummus just a tradition, regular hummus or is it in yep, plain old classic zebra mm-hmm. hummus? And then a sharp cheddar cheese, the pretzel crackers or pretzel Yeah, thins. those like the thins. I always like the crunch. Mm-hmm. And then what type of apple do you know? This is a gala apple. Okay. So on the, on the sweeter side. On the sweeter side of an apple. I like... Apples with cheese, apples with hummus, pretzel with cheese, pretzel with hummus. Like all the pairings in this on this tray are made. We're gonna need I more beer. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to keep eating later. Yeah, you know the salt on that to me brings out a little bit more of the bittering flavor. Yeah, I was gonna say the same and thing. And kind of takes away some of that tangerine and citrus and leaves. It's like citrus citrus pith. Mm-hmm. So you get that white little bit of the pith that you eat sometimes, or. When you have tangerines, feel them yourself. Mm-hmm. Kind of get, I kind of get more of that pithiness, yeah, rather than the the flavor itself. Uh-huh. And I think the the apple kind of does the same thing, where it mutes some of the fruit flavors mm-hmm. a little bit because it is think, a sweet apple. What do you think, Dad? Well, I just did the pretzel with the hummus. Of course, there's some salt on the pretzel. I get the sweetness of the hummus. And the sweetness of the beer. So that bittering I don't really get with the hummus and the pretzel. Yeah, it's probably some of the 
the nuttiness mm-hmm. and that creaminess of the hummus will kind of coat and allow the other flavors besides the bitter to really kind of hit your palate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hit your palate more, if I had to guess. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. So what ABV is this, Marie? I think, let me, let me double check. Um, I want to say it's right around six. I would think so. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's exactly six. Yeah, okay. No, that's really yeah. nice. Yummy sharp cheddar. Yeah. I always love when it's fresh hop season. I will spend almost every day at that brewery if I can. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Going and having it, having one because they're just special, and it's normally a really pretty time of year in Seattle. It's normally when we have good weather, so you can sit out on the patio with How are you going to get that in Indy? We're working on it. So <laughs> when, is, <laughs> when is fresh hop season? So September. Okay. Generally, like kind of middle to late September. It depends on the hop. Okay. And then I think for the ones that they pelletize and, you know, it kind of runs into August, but before it gets wet again. Okay. So I, you know, I've always, I don't know what it is about the Pacific Northwest that hops do really well. And I don't know if it's, if it's because it's wet and then it gets dry and warm. Because they're more on the coast or they're more inland. They're more inland on the kind of high desert. Okay. Um, So Yakima, which is where a lot of wine is grown as well. Yeah. Um, our grapes for wine are grown. Right. But yeah, so it's kind of that high, it's a high desert, drier, mm-hmm. cooler. Um, I think the kind of cool doesn't ever get super, it'll get super hot and then for like two weeks. Yeah, you get that kind of nice go away. diurnal swing, hot, yeah. hot days, cool night. I've always wondered if hops would grow well here in Arkansas because we have so many agricultural products that can grow really well. Mm-hmm. And I think it'd be cool... You know, we have a so there's a lot of farm country in Arkansas that's flat rice paddy, like kind of area, and I've always wondered if some of that, or even up in the Ozark, kind of having some of those same diurnal swings, if you could do hop, because I think it'd be really cool, like for the brewing community at least around here, that if you could grow your own hops and do this kind of fresh hop thing, yeah. in the in the middle of in the middle of. Well, Dad, why don't you just put up a vine back out here in, on that big tree? And... So, Marie, I tried that. <laughs> and when I was brewing my own beer, there was others in the beer club, if you would, that tried it as well. You get, you can order the rhizomes, yeah. you know, through the internet. You get them, plant them. Everything's going good till, you know, it starts getting hot in Arkansas. And the next thing you know, they're just shriveling. Because there's just too much, uh, the humidity's great, mm-hmm. but there's just too much of that hot, 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 you know, those 100 degree days. I wonder if. In August, are just killer. Yeah, and they so probably I, just don't I have. I actually any... harvested some of the right. cones. Flowers, yeah. But not, I wonder, not I wonder if you start, I wonder if you could start them earlier. Well, like, in a green, like in a greenhouse, get them going in a greenhouse, and then once. The cold, the quote cold, in Arkansas goes away in like February or March. Replant them and get them to come to fu- come to fruition before. Well, they're like a weed because they they travel up like a, a string or yeah. A, yeah. But I wonder if you could get them to come fruition be- right before the hot spell. I wonder if they could actually yeah, come. I, I gave bloom up. I gave that. up on them. So yeah. The other guys that were trying it did too. Yeah, I could see how it'd be tough. The the 
humidity combined with the heat, right? Right, because right. so right, the high desert. That water starts to sit on the the leaves and then they fry. Like I could see how that's going to be tough to avoid. Maybe if you if you had the forethought to try and start them earlier, but right. I don't know exactly what that planting season is, anyways. Right. Yeah, but it's a fun part of the country. Worth yeah. a try. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Well, I mean, if we can go, I mean, to me, you know, if it, you're hitting some of the same growing regions at, like in Yakima, you have, we consider them hot, warm to hot zone grape varieties, yeah. Cabernet, Syrah. If they're grown in kind of the same areas, you can kind of, I mean, well, it would just but, be interesting to see where else you could grow it in the United States. Yeah. I mean, Washington, though, is more known for the, the cooler grape. Not in Yakima. Not in Yakima, but I think. Well, that, <laughs> that's kind of what I'm even saying. Even then, like Yakima's on the edge of being able to do a good cab, right? Mm. Like if you drink a Washington cab, like they're great to have on the table, but yeah. they're never gonna compare to California, cab. right? But it's also it's also Merlo, Merlot country. Some of the I think some of the great Merlots come from Washington, from Yakima, for the United States. Take your word for that one, because I know sideways killed Merlot. I just don't like it. Yeah. Well, I'll have to give you some centimillions. So, you know, oh, hey, look, it's Merlot. You know, as a anyway. home brewer, the best thing a home brewer can do, you can you can buy the cones, but normally what you get is the little is the little rabbit pellets. And that's fine. I mean, you can make your beer that way. But what we would do is if we wanted something that had that real freshness, yeah, we would dry hop. Yeah. And what dry hopping is, is you're gone through the whole process of making the beer and you've got the wort you're ready for it to ferment you put it in you put it in your your can whatever you're using to ferment and then you just put you you know a big handful mm-hmm. of the cones in a little bag right yeah a mesh baggie you, you steep them and no you just put them you put them in there and let them let them go in the fermenting and so right. you, as it's fermenting you're getting that that freshness of those fresh hops could be wonderful. Well, it's yeah, not the and, same as this beer. You know, if yeah. if I, I was bl- if I was blinding this beer, I wouldn't. I probably would have never even thought of fresh hop. I would have thought it was a dry hop because it has that really hot forward hop flavor, but that bitterness, that bitterness is really it, it's surprising. It's not there. Yeah, like that you would expect for something that smells this hoppy for me, at least the the non big IPA guy. Something that smells this hoppy, would I would expect to be bitter and resiny and piney, but it's just not. No. Oh. And I paired the cheese with it. Yeah. And that piney, bittery, all of that stuff just kind of goes away. Yeah. yeah. And you've got sweet beer yeah. and the sweet cheese. And it's a, it's a really, this is a really good, sharp, white cheddar that we've got today, which was really good. I, well, Marie, I appreciate you bringing this because it's Yeah, if it's you're special. not going to finish that, you can just pour it into my No, cup. I will finish it because I'm a professional. <laughs> as, as he swirls his beer. As I swirl it because my God, cause I had dribbles that settled. I wanted to redistribute them through the beer. <laughs> well, Dan, have you ever eaten apple and hummus together? Yes, I just did. and it's, I, yeah. it's a fun pairing. My friend Tara introduced me to that when we were going through California wine country. Yeah. And I had never done it before, but it's delightful because you get a little bit of salt mm-hmm. with the apple. It's, mm-hmm. so, it's so good. It's one of my favorites. You know, it's along the same lines of like cheese, 
yeah. cheeses and apples. I know we've done goat cheese and apple mm. before, which is really good, or baked brie mm-hmm. with an apple. So how did you think that paired the apple and the hummus and the I like fresh it a lot. beer? Yeah. yeah. Fresh hot beer. That's one I take to the brewery on a regular basis. Oh yeah. Yeah. Unless you bring in food. Yeah, so the brewery doesn't serve food. They just, during non-COVID times, they would have a bowl of pretzels and a bowl of apples, um, but they don't have a food license. It might be part of the reason why they can let the dogs in. I don't know. But anyways, so they yeah. don't have food, so I always come prepared with a little Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Seattle. Selection of I mean, things. what super dog-friendly town It's anyway. like kids and dogs and toys and parents, yeah. and it's a great gathering. Well, I mean, before you left, you pretty much had a brew dog. Yeah, I did. <laughs> my, my pup loved it there, partially because they had the big meat, like milk bones, like the oh, full-sized yeah. ones. Now she's holding her fingers about <laughs> nine inches out. That's a really big. More like milk five bone. inches. But I mean, still the, the milk bone for large breed dogs. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> but so we would, I could hardly take her on a walk without stopping at the brewery. She always wanted to get her treat. So you're going by and she pulls you over. Yeah, she's an 80 pound dog. She's yeah. got some force. Yeah, so she's she wants a, something. She's a half, a half great Dane. What? So she can, Lexi can kind of guide you wherever yeah and everybody at the brewery loved her we got to know a lot of the staff and, and right. made friends there and she's sweet and so they'd give her a couple of them and i'd have to be like guys it's lexi's treat day like i cannot stop and have treats every day <laughs> or i'm gonna gain a lot of weight tuesday tuesday is treat day it's like every and Marie's, we know cheat days beer day. <laughs> it'd be more like friday saturday sunday <laughs> those are the cheat days for lexi yeah. Otherwise, yeah. she's got to. Otherwise, we're going to walk for six <laughs> six miles. She'd always be so sad if they weren't open when we walked by. <laughs> but they had to. They had to shut down when COVID hit for a while. Well, they went to. Um, I mean, they closed down while they kind of figured things out, and while the state was figuring out what what was allowed and what wasn't. Right. Um, they went to to go only for a, a good good long time. Um, I would say Seattle as a whole became a open container law. Yeah. Just everybody would go to the brewery, grab a six pack or so, and then walk up to Gasworks Park, sit on the grass and um, drink some beers. Yeah. You know, whatever. Um, Then they reopened the beer garden. I don't remember exactly when, but they did figure out spacing, cleaning, Mm -hmm. math required to go in, um, you know, the whole the whole game. They had one case of COVID happen uh, where a staff member had a positive test. They closed down, did a deep clean. They were able to reopen in less than a week. Um, So they've been very responsible about it. I've I've really appreciated the way they've handled it. Sure they were. Yeah, I think most places have been really responsible and and really creative. I don't know if we've talked about it. You know, most of the places down here, when when they were, when they got their capacity cut, they were smart, and a lot of them added patio space so they could kind of keep up with their normal. I mean, flyaway, they closed down their entire inside. They owned their parking lot, and they put 10 by 10 tents mm-hmm. spaced out in their parking lot with, um, you know, six-foot tables and said, okay, you, it's festival style. You mm-hmm. come up, you order a beer, say you're at your tent, we bring it to you, and it's all outside, and they've continued that now and i think they're going to continue it for a long time because it, it's really popular and then the neighborhood that they're in down in argenta got called an entertainment license 
where you can have in a specific area, you can have open container. So in Friday, Saturday nights, they close down the street, put tables and chair, you know, tents and tables all out in the, out in the street and the restaurants come out. It's been really, it's been really cool to see how, can adapt. Can how, adapt. how COVID has mm-hmm. helped or how communities have really helped their restaurants, their local restaurants yeah. during this time and been really creative and innovative too. Cause they understand. It's, I mean, that employs so many people yeah nowadays fremont brewery is really good so they don't serve food but they literally have a whole list of all the local restaurants that you can either have delivered or go pick up in a a short walk so they're a big fan of the community aspect do they ever do do they ever like park food trucks on the street you know partner with them to come down and they used to and then um recently they started they had a, a food truck parking spot um put in on the street uh just a little bit closer to my apartment and they would have, you know, a food truck come every day-ish, kind of hit or miss. But I think a lot of people would forget it was even there because <laughs> it wasn't right in front of the brewery because you yeah. can't park right in front of the brewery. Oh, okay. Um, but, you know, they did the best they could. Right. Good auction. Cool. Well, are we ready to move to the last one? I hope so. Hope so. The Imperial Stout. Dad, why don't you tell us about what it, tell us what it is and tell us what your pairings are. So it's black is beautiful it's an imperial stout and what i paired was the pork that we had from a few weeks back it's still fresh and all right and then as as i said earlier someone marie requested a hot mom well (laughs) mom suggested it i said oh yeah all right well mom did then so just so everybody knows, and this this episode is being released in January, but we are recording this the day after Thanksgiving. Right. So, so when he says a couple weeks ago, it's a couple weeks ago from right now. Right. <laughs> and then the hot, that's why we're, this is kind of why we're rolling into the hot brown phase. Well, we lived in Kentucky for some years. In fact, that's where Marie was born, in Maceville, Kentucky. And that's when we first heard about a hot brown. Now, there also is a hotel called the Brown Hotel back in the 1920s uh, and this is in Louisville they would have have over 1200 guests a night well they they created the hot brown The the wee hours of the morning the guests would grow tired of dancing and retire to the restaurant for a bite to eat so the Brown Hotel had to figure out, well, what are we going to feed these people? On the cheap. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Hot Brown is actually an open-faced turkey sandwich with bacon, tomatoes, and moraine sauce. I'm not real good at doing a moraine sauce, but I did do a cheese sauce. And so I used primarily their recipe. But when we were in Kentucky, I always added ham to the hot brown. Now, I see Marie's not a ham eater, so she can pick that off. But it's a, it's a kind of a, a family tradition in some regards. We don't do it that often, but we typically do it after Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's a good use. It's good use leftover turkey. Yep. So that's, that's the side. And then this beer is completely different. From the first two. <laughs> it is absolutely delicious. This is my this is my type of beer. Well, like this is my this is my type of beer. <laughs> tell us why, Josh. Because it's delicious. 
delicious. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's dark. It's rich. It's malty. It's sweet. It like it hit all to me. It hits all parts of your palate. Bitter. It's got a little, you know, that sweetness, and it kind of just it goes all the way. It's just it's it's so good. It's an imperial stout, so it's up what nine. It's Eight, ABV 9%. is nine percent. It's IBUs is fifty seven. So the fifty seven is higher than we... the the IPA that we had just a few minutes ago. Yeah, perceived the fresh is real. Mm-hmm. But one of the neat things about this and the way they named it, Black is Beautiful, is a collaboration effort to raise awareness for the injustices people of color face daily and to help raise funds for police brutality uh, reform not for police brutality but for the reform and legal defenses so I really have to do a shout out for Fremont Brewery for doing that Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there there are a lot of different breweries across the United States that that partnered in and did a Black is Beautiful. You were yeah. in what Utah? Or? Yeah, I was in Salt Lake City when I saw another one. the The cans all look identical. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, do they? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They use the exact same. Well, that's logo. just collaboration. Then I didn't realize it. Yeah, was yeah. I got state. really confused. I was like, do you, do you did you guys work with Fremont Brewery? On yeah, this one? Right. and they're like, no, no, no. There are a lot of different breweries that came into this collaboration, did their own beer, and used the same label. Right. So it's it's not a it's not a traditional collaboration where two breweries come together to make a single beer. It's a bunch of breweries did a stout or an imperial stout under this same label, yeah. and the proceeds are going right. to all the same all the same area. And the proceeds go to the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. Mm-hmm. So right. Which that's is where a, the money goes. Yeah. I mean, but this is. I mean, beyond beyond it going to a great cause, I would buy this beer no matter what you labeled it because it is. <laughs> it's so it's dark, it's black, it's got a and it's, it's got a it's it is it's got a brown, it's got kind of that brown tint of a head. When, when I when I'm in a bar, actually, I said this the other day when Marie and I were in Flying Saucer, and a beer walked by, and I was like, "Ooh, that's going to be a really good one," because. <laughs> It was a black beer that had like a tan brown head. How, how did a beer walk by? Josh, you know? how many beers had you had? Well, it, was beer? it was my birthday. I don't <laughs> count on my birthday. But I could, you know, I, I have this kind of thing that I can tell I'm going to like a beer if it comes out and it's really dark, it's black, and it has a tan head. I don't know why it does that. I haven't gotten into beer enough to know why it has a tan head versus a white head. Uh, I mean, this one comes out that same way. It's rich, it's malty, it's sweet. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm the only one talking about it. Y'all talk about it. <laughs> well, you like it. I, 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 I mean, I love it. It's delicious. I will, How I will do you say. really feel about this beer? <laughs> if I could drink one beer. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, like Josh said, the, the aroma is, uh, I smell a lot of chocolate, brown sugar, some coffee notes. And those all mixed together are just fabulous. What about you, Marie? Yeah, I definitely second the like the cocoa, the coffee. That's what I love in the dark beers is those no. kind of flavors, the kind of richness that comes with that. Yeah, and it's kind of it's those are on the little bit more of the bitter side. Yeah, like almost like cocoa nib or yeah, like chocolate covered espresso bean. Yeah, kind of flavor. But I don't get much bittering with it. It's it's not the bittering is not. Like some stouts or imperial stouts, this right. one is 
really smooth and less bitter. Right. And that's, you know, that goes, once again, that goes back to that conversation of IBUs versus perceived bitterness. Well, the perceived bitterness is much less than the previous beer. Right. And this has more IBUs according mm-hmm. to their number. Right. And I mean, I trust, trust the numbers, but. Yeah. Well, and it kind of takes me back. So Fremont Brewery used to do a winter proletariat porter. That okay. was, I think, might have been the first beer I had there. And it, was, it, was, it was the first beer that I had there. I know it was Josh's first. And it was delicious. And I have always been sad that they don't make that year round. Mm. And they've actually now stopped making it. They, mm. They've switched to doing some more experimental darks and the Imperial Stout. They're, they have a pretty big barrel-aged program, too. They have a very big barrel-aged program. But I think this is... One of their best beers. Yeah. When it just just came out July of 2020, so I feel pretty honored to be tasting it. Yeah. Right. And, you know, so Marie talked a little bit about, you know, my first, like, my first beer. But my first experience at Fremont Brewery was at the end of a very interesting trip. So Marie had, Marie was moving from San Francisco up to Seattle. And Marie, uh, like, like our family, are enjoys wine, enjoys really good wine. And when she was living in San Francisco, she got to be a part of a couple different wine clubs. And rather than ship her wine, which was a smart decision to not to do, she decided, well, I'm just going to rent a car. I'm going to load it up, and I'm going to drive it up there. And I had some time off work, and I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll ride with you. It'll be fun. You know, we'll drive through, drive through wine country. We'll stop a couple places. Stop in Oregon um, on the way up there. So, but this trip <laughs> turned out to be more than we bargained for. I mean, first of all, we got to stop at uh, in a, two amazing wineries. We got to stop at GoldenEye, which was phenomenal mm-hmm. up in Philo. Um, GoldenEye is the high-end Pinot Noirs from uh, the Duckhorn family. And then kind of right across the street, was it right across the street? Mm, it was down the street. A bit. Might have been down the street, but not very far away was Rotary Estate. So, Cristal, <laughs> their California, their California house is up in Northern California in Philo, and we got a taste through that, which was great. We stayed the night in the redwoods, did the whole drive the car through the tree thing, and just yeah. being able to see see that part of the country was was absolutely Pacific Coast Highway was beautiful. Yeah, it was you know. You, it's hard to describe the forest. The only way I can describe it is in the, well, I guess, in the original trilogy of the Star Wars in the third movie, when they're on the planet, the forest planet, mm-hmm. I think it's indoor, like it, it has that same kind of feel, these big, dense, dense, lush forest, these big trees. So green, so green. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, we, were try- we had just gotten out of, out of the redwoods, and we were along the coast, and we were about to turn up more um, inland and head toward, I think we were going to stay in Eugene. Yeah. And the car just stops. It just wasn't like... And it wasn't like, it's not the out-of-gas sound, it's not the battery died sound, it just like stopped. And we're on the side of the road, and we're on a side road, because we're kind of taking it you know, a map shortcut between the two highways we were getting on and it just stopped. And we're like, well, what do we do now? <laughs> and I mean, it's a rent, it's a rental car. Right. So we went through that whole process 
And Marie had packed all of her wine in the car. I'm never going to live this down. And not a corkscrew. Ever. <laughs> and I couldn't, I didn't have a corkscrew because I flew and you can't fly with a corkscrew. Saber <laughs> it. <laughs> well, we, we were short of saber. We were short of saber. <laughs> And we were like, oh, what do we, how oh, we have all this wonderful wine here while we wait two hours for the tow truck to show up. So we ended up like walking to a pizza place. Yeah, and we then, weren't too far from some little town. Ended up getting pizza. And, and then the tow truck drove us back because we were walking back. We, the tow we got so desperate. We tried the, the shoe The method. shoe against the fence post. Yeah. I don't know who that works for. That has never worked for me. See, but here's the thing. Like. Most people say against a door frame, so something solid. We were using like a sheep fence post. <laughs> oh, that thing's just <laughs> that was mo- that was moving every time we hit it. And anyway, but it was. I always make sure I know where my corkscrew is yeah. now. I think I've got like three of them in my car at the moment. But anyway, so we make the drive up there, and we finally get into Seattle, and it's late. Well, it may not have been late; it was dark. But that that happens early. It was winter. But we had been driving all day, and she's like, oh, there's this really good brewery right down the street. I'm like, okay, let's just go down there. And I get in there, and we walk in, and I just, like, it's like the clouds parted and the angels started singing. Because <laughs> I was looking up. Fremont Brewery? Yeah. yeah, this is Fremont. I was looking up at their at their uh, board. They had a big chalkboard that had all of it, and there were, I swear, eight dark beers. Yeah, it was it was December, so yeah. Yeah, so they dark. were doing. They had the proletariat porter. They had two like experimental proletariat porters. They had the dark star. They had two other versions of the dark star going on. I was just and I was. They just had abominable, which is now known as B bomb. Yeah, I was. So I was just. I was in heaven, like just walk because in Arkansas we don't have a whole lot of places that do that. Most of the times you'll have one, two, maybe three at a time. If you're lucky. <laughs> if you yeah. if you're lucky. But just being able to walk into that, I was like, I love this place. I don't want to go home. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that was after like what, however many days we took. We drank wine the first few days, four. and then we drank a lot of beer the next two days. Yeah, because going through Oregon, we stopped at, we stopped at a couple different places in Eugene, a couple yeah. different places in Oregon and uh, Portland. Portland. Yeah. Boy, this is yeah. a good beer. Yeah. So, Dad, I know you. We've been talking a lot. Uh, have you tried any of your food with it? I did. I tried the pork first, which. Uh, Marie probably won't try. I tried a little bit. It, it's really well done pork. I, I like the salt. I thought it paired very well. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. a little bit of a, a spicy crust on the outside of the pork. And that spiciness with the beer draws the spiciness out of the beer, I thought. Yeah, and the smokiness of the pork. Brings out more of the maltiness of the beer as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm not real sure what spices are in the beer or would be drawn out. That's going to be more your baking it's spices. Like, well, it's like the baking spices. Now, I did try the hot brown, and it did some of the same thing because within the hot brown is nutmeg yeah. and that cheese. And so it did some of the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I would say that... Um... With the bacon. Kinda, Josh mentioned cocoa nibs, right? So mm-hmm. it brings out the nib part of the cocoa and mm-hmm. the kind of raw espresso flavor with the smokiness. Yeah, kind of it accentuates the bitterness of it, but there's still enough sweetness on the beer that's not overbalanced right. toward the bitter. So there's cascade hops in this beer, which is very surprising to me because a cascade hop is sort of an orange flavor. Or the citrus flavor hop. 
And so I was really surprised to see that. You know, I expected the rolled oats that's in there, the malted oats, the chocolate malt, the black malt, but then all that mixed with Cascade hops. Well, that was a little strange to me. Well, I bet but the cascade hop—it tastes wonderful, right? I bet the cascade hop was used in the bit in the like the full the full boil bitter rather than a later boil flavor. And I would say, oh, like, yeah, I think they put the cascade hops in in, in the begin with, right? Just to add just to add more of the bittering component because you don't want to because if you you have to counter counterbalance that sweetness. That's going to come from it. Taste a little bit of a like orange peel. Yeah, and that's if what you the, really think about. Like it takes me to like. That's a cascade think about it as you say it. That's what cascade does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very, very minor in there. Well, and anything? that thick, you know, the thick mouth feel of this beer. Mm-hmm, I right. just love it. What is that? A coder, a coach mouth. And I don't know why we, we poured these quite a while ago, and the heads just now dissipated. Yeah, yeah. or dissipating. Yeah, it's really I good. Love that so I wonder how that would go with the uh, scallop. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Give it a try. Marie's is all gone. <laughs> uh oh. I'm learning how to do this tasting thing. I, I went a little too fast on all the parts, but you it's know okay. it was delicious. That's why we normally pull a, when it's just <laughs> the two of us. We each have a full beer. Yeah. <laughs> because you know you get you get eating, you get talking, you get drinking, you don't think about, it, and then you're like, Ooh, oh no, a little, little bit of salt here and there, and you're you need more. Yeah. So anything else you want to tell us about brewery or the beer, Marie or Dad? Well, I'd love to do a shout out to uh, the team at the brewery, Beer Garden, Jess and everybody else out there who made uh, Lexi and I so happy in our days and time there. We'll come back and visit soon, Uh, but love you guys. Miss you. Send beer. Yes, send beer. (laughs) (laughs) If you need a distributor, like, let me know how I help. Yeah. Yeah, well. We'll see what we'll we can do. do. Another Maybe Fremont can... Brewing if they'll send us more beer. Yeah, hey, go. we'll go out. I mean, we we can go on the road. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be fun to go out there and sit sit in the beautiful tap room when it's not raining. <laughs> and yeah, uh, e- even or sit even inside, when it, even when it's raining, you can sit in the. They've got heated tents and. Oh, okay. Uh, I think they're, they're right now. They have to all be outside. They can't do any indoor seating right now in Washington. Oh, okay. So. They're uh, doing their best, but it's a great place to sit and watch the world go by. Yeah. Shout out, shout out to Fremont Brewing for doing some great stuff and really? supporting some great causes and being, being, a good, being a good force out there in the brewery world. So, Well, Dad, are they you... Have uh, a huge list of beer. Oh, yeah. Huge. I'm, are we doing a blind today? We are doing oh, yeah. a blind today. Are uh, you ready? Because you're blinding. I'm ready. All right. We'll get it ready. All right. So, Dad, you're going to be doing the blind today. And whenever you're ready, go ahead and give it a give it a start. Well, I'm using the deductive beer tasting method, the tasting grid. So I'm looking at the beer itself. It's uh, got a nice color, sort of a yellow, gold, more than straw. I mean, and kind of a clarity is a. Pretty, pretty clean. There's maybe a little haziness to it. Slightly hazed. Oh, sweet. So, the head resistance, I think it's kind of fleeting. The foam color, I would say that's a, a white. Yeah, I'd call that white, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it's got a, I'm taking, nosing it a little bit. 
Oh man, that is sweet smelling. What do you smell in the sweet smell? Yeah. Describe it a little bit more. Well, that's what I'm trying to get, figure out. Sort of citrusy, floral, maybe some hops. You think so? Could be. Could be? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Be confident. Uh-huh. Confident <laughs> in your taste. Don't say it could be. Say it is. If you think it is, say it is. Oh, yeah, I think it is. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Give me a wink, win, or a nod. Com- confidence is important when it comes to tasting. You've right. heard me. Right. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> right. Okay. Boom, boom. I don't smell any nut no. or coffee. Like I said, I get a little floral herbs. Oh, Josh, is there some pine in there? I think I think I think, I think there might be there. I think there might be a little bit of pineiness oh, okay. in there. I would definitely say there's some fresh herbs in it. Like there's definitely some like rosemary, rosemary yeah. kind of tarragoniness. What'd you do? Go out there and pick some rosemary, put it in here? I didn't pour the beer. <laughs> no. I so didn't. Your, this would this is a this is a blind from your daughter. Yes. I don't I don't get any wood or Definitely not barrel aged. No, it's not barrel aged, that's for sure. Mm-mm. So I want to give it a little taste here. That's medium, medium sweetness. Bitter bitterness is pretty pretty light. The mouth feel slightly coating. Uh, it's crisp. Doesn't seem to be bready. It's not uh, silky. Alcohol presence. So it's not overwhelming alcohol, so it's not it's not a barley wine or anything like that. No. I'd say it's definitely. <laughs> definitely not. I'd say it's probably, you know, in the five range. The finish. It's a good it's a good uh, lingering medium finish. So carbonation sticks in my tongue. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> So that's very that's actually an important thing that's when it comes important. to tasting. So no. It's not black is beautiful. So it's, would you call this a hot forward, a malt forward? I'd say it's hot forward. It is a hot forward beer. Okay. So what not, not uh it's not like that Vienna Pilsner that we had earlier. I'm gonna say that this is an IPA. Single, double, triple, you wanna make that? Imperial, you want to make any other distinction or just call, just say it's just an, an IPA? I think it's just an IPA. I don't think it's uh, Imperial. Okay. That's that's what I'm saying. It's an IPA. What, uh, what do you kind of think about, you said five, five-ish on the alcohol? You know, five to six. Okay. Cool. Well, you guys will have to come back next time to find out what this beer is. I want want to thank Marie again for not only being here, but also bringing these awesome beers for us to taste through today. And I really appreciate that. It's been a it's been a fun experience. Now you it's your second podcast experience. Oh yeah, <laughs> she'll think she'll have to do one tomorrow. She's a she's a regular she's a regular now. Yep. So it's been fun. Well, Thanks her, for having me. her and Joanne they've done two. Right. Both of them. Okay, guys. I know you. We've been listening to our beer podcast. I love you listening to us, but if you have an opportunity and there's another beer podcast that you would like to listen to, there's one called The Beer Avengers. They are in New York City. 
and they drink just beer. And so they have a podcast, I think it's every week or every two weeks, and they have different pours. And so it's something that you could do other than us. Now keep on doing our podcast. I'm not trying to get you to go to somebody else. But if you want to listen to a different beer podcast, go to the Beer Avengers. Yeah, if you want to check out more, just about beers, you know, because Barrel-Aged Beer Podcast we did, they actually like listen into because they were talking about Founders Beer as well. And so they like jumped in and listened to our Porter podcast. And, you know, it was really cool to see, you know, there are other people out there that are they're doing some great content. They're like my dad said, they're specifically focused on beer. So if you want to know more about beer and that kind of stuff, check out Beer Avengers. They're they're a really good podcast. All right, so uh, next week is going to be a liquor podcast, and we're going to be doing cognacs next week. Dad, what are you going to be doing? Cavassier cognac, VS stands for a very special product of France. That'll be a really good cognac, and I'm going to do the Martinel Blue Swift cognac. So it's going to be a great, great time. We hope to see you come back, and once again, follow us. On all the socials, we're on Instagram at Acquired Tastings. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a subscribe if you really like to us. Get those notifications of when we when we post a new episode. Give us a rating if you really like us. Reach out to us. We love we love hearing from you guys and chit chatting about this. If you've had fresh hop, other fresh hop beers, let us know or. If you know of a place in landlocked areas that you can get fresh, oh, really? that you can get fresh hop, fresh hop beers, you know, put it out there. It's been a really fun to kind of chit chat with you guys, and hopefully now that now that we're rolling into 2021, maybe we can do some more travel and and get out there and see some more of what of what breweries we can find. So I'd love to do a brewery tour across the whole United States. Maybe we got COVID. It'd be, it'd be a lot of fun. Check off every state. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, once again, I'm Josh Mills. And I'm John Mills. And we'll see you next time. Thank you and goodbye.